Hello and welcome to the Worst Movies We Am podcast. This is Natalie Carroll. And I am her husband, Bobby Carroll. This episode we have watched Kickboxer Vengeance. From what year, Natalie? 2016. Love and Muay Thai do not mix. Mm-hmm. Natalie, tell the people at home what the Worst Movies We Am podcast is all about. So Bobby and I are married, we watch a lot of films together, and we have decided to watch the worst DVDs we own according to the average ratings each film has received on Letterboxd. We're hoping some of these low-rated films will surprise us and not be as terrible as they're meant to be. So we're watching each one with an open mind, even the ones we've seen before, hoping for the absolute best. We've not bought any of the DVDs specifically for this podcast, it's a mixture of things we've accrued over the years, Stuff from box sets, charity shop finds, and stuff we've bought that other people just don't write. Lovely stuff. Kickbox of Vengeance. Mm. What did you think? Any people want to get off your chest before we start? Do you know, it's not what I expected in many ways. Um, first of all, I, I was under the misapprehension, silly me, that this would be a film about kickboxing. Yeah. Uh, which it is not. No. <laughs> it's not. I mean, I don't, I don't know what kickboxing is, but I do know it's an actual sport. Mm-hmm that people compete against, I think it's in the Olympics, yeah, right? right? Yeah, So it doesn't involve, usually, mm. uh, crushing your fists into bits of broken glass. Yeah. Or using swords. Yeah. Or this any is, of the nonsense that crops up in the last This is underground, so. illegal Muay Thai kickboxing. Yeah, which, th- that's my problem. It's not kickboxing, is it? You, you call it, and it's just fight. It's you just, think it should have been called blood sport? <laughs> Maybe you would have bought the right DVD then. Um... I, I just I, I feel I feel a bit I feel a bit gypped. You expected um, more of a sports movie. Yeah, I was thinking it was going to be like a boxing film, mm-hmm. but with kickboxing. With, yeah, with kicking as which well. Which in my head is 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 just kicking. Yeah. Um, and you and you're adamant you've not seen a kickboxer before, kickboxing the film before. Kickboxing in a film or mm-hmm. kickboxer the film. Yeah, I worded that very badly. <laughs> kickboxer, the John Claude that. No, I've never seen it. I'm pretty sure you had. Pretty sure we've had. Yeah, I think. I think. I think what's happened is I've sat in front of it and it's been on. Yeah. But I think possibly I was sleeping on you at the time. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I've got a feeling it may be something that was on late, and mm. I said that I would stay up and sleep next to you while you watched it. You don't remember John Claude Van Damme and his brother going down the uh, the rivers of Thailand. No, no, I'm sorry. You don't? It's a very no. camp opening sequence. I mean, certainly um, I would watch it, particularly based on the little snippet you see in the credits of this film. What happens in the credits of this film? He does, he does some dancing. He dances with some lovely Thai ladies, yeah. doesn't he? And he looks like he's having the time of his life. Yeah. And what does he also do? Splits. Yeah, which you didn't realise was Jean-Claude Van Damme's signature move. I've seen one Jean-Claude Van Damme film. I'm pretty sure he doesn't do the splits in that one. He doesn't. Hard target. Yeah, he's running. (laughs) (laughs) He's got no time to do the splits. Um, But, I mean, what what I will say is, um, whilst whilst it was my misinterpretation of what this film was going to be about, so silly me, um, you know, it... It wasn't awful. I, the first five minutes, I was very, very concerned. The first five minutes was, was pretty dire. But it kind of grew on me. And it's short as it went, mm. you know. So whilst it didn't offer up what I was expecting from it, um, I don't feel like I've wasted the last 90 minutes of my life completely. Yeah, I mean, like, in terms of martial art movies, it very much takes its hat from your Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan, Jet Li, uh, 
master trains up a fighter mm. kung fu movies which carried on through the 90s with Jean-Claude Van Damme into the noughties with people like Scott Adkins and Michael J. White and this is like the new generation of these sort of and they're never meant to be box office smashes or for the masses therefore boys and men and ladies who enjoy watching fight sequences and yeah. training sequences. There's something quite comforting in the fact that you that they stick to a certain structure that works. Mm. That, you know, you, you have the preamble, you have the montage, the or training the montage, montage. Which is always the best bit of these films. Yeah, and then you have the final confrontation between two fighters where, um, you know, the hero falls back, he goes to the brink of, of giving up or dying or whatever, yeah. and then he comes back from that and he wins. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's always going to leave you feeling sort of happy because the, the hero always kind of yeah. this, wins. I mean, this is a good beans on toast variation on it. It does exactly what it says on the tin. It's nice and warm. You're full afterwards. You're satisfied. Uh, it's not going to be the best meal you've ever had in your life. Yeah. You're not going to be able to order it in a Cordon Bleu restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it it really does the job really quite effectively. Uh being neither the worst or best of what it is. Yeah. yeah. And, and what I'm going to have to be careful of doing in this podcast, and you can stop me from doing this, mm-hmm. is taking out my wrath on this concept of mixed martial arts yeah. on this particular film. Yeah, but you do realise m- most mixed martial arts MMA is UFC, and they don't have broken glass or swords in there. No, I know either. that. But what I don't understand is why people can't just stick to a discipline. Yes. And just get really good at that one discipline. Well, Though, having said that, I suppose, like... In Kung Fu, they mm. do all these different... They do a certain type of Kung Fu. Yeah. But then they might do all the bits of it as well. Mm. And that kind of... Yeah, that kind of goes against what I've just... But said. they've got the various different styles, like Crane or yeah. Eagle Head or... Um, but do you know who I think the first movie star to mix up martial arts on screen is? And I could be completely wrong, but in my mind, the first one to do it oh. is a film you love. Is it? Yeah. What? Lethal Weapon. He does three different fighting styles. He does uh, jiu-jitsu, yeah. jailhouse rock, and uh, capoeira. I'm sorry, jailhouse rock? Yeah, it's a style. Of? Of martial arts. Oh, right, okay. Mm. So, you know, it's unfair to blame films like this for really mixing I think your your bigger issue is the weaponry. Yeah, I mean, it just, it felt daft. Which, again, you know, I'm, but it it's not the end of the world. Cool. <laughs> it didn't. It looked like they'd like bejeweled their hands. Yeah, the jazzled <laughs> yeah. fighting with them. Yeah. And then they grabbed some swords, which didn't last very long. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if it was bits of like broken Heineken bottles, then mm. fine. At least. I'll tell you what it could have been. Singer bottles. No, it could have been broken wine glasses bottles. Because okay. <laughs> yeah. not only does the crowds of the fight scene have ladies who are enjoying the betting and the fighting mm. and the bloodshed, but they will have a lovely glass of wine when they're watching it. Yeah, but we've never been to Thailand. Mm. That might be how they watch the illegal underground fights with in, a glass of Pinot. In the original Kickboxer and Bloodsport, it is thousands of toothless little old Thai men <laughs> betting and cheering and yeah. enjoying it. They, they've got literally all the old folks' homes from, uh, from Bangkok <laughs> in to watch Strong Called Van Damme fight in both those films. Right. It's, it's, a, it's a carnival atmosphere. It's rammed. In this film, you do get the feeling that they had about 10 extras mm. and they just moved them from whatever cage. <laughs> so that sometimes, you know, sometimes when there's a shot of a crowd, it looks like a crowd of people, but whenever there's people fighting, there's only four or five people watching in the background. 
They're a diverse bunch, though, the crowd, I yeah, will say. Whoever, whoever was available on the day, which I get the feeling is very much the uh, modus operandi of how this film was made. <laughs> whoever was available on the day. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell the people at home the plot of Kickboxer Colon Vengeance? <laughs> yeah, Colon Vengeance. Um, so uh, a guy called Kurt Sloan goes to Thailand to avenge the death of his brother who died underground fighting against a massive man called yeah. Tong Po. Played by Dave Batista. Batista yeah. um, and he gets trained by the same man who trained his brother, not very well because he died, uh, but he's played by John claude Van Damme. Durand. Durand. Um, to take on Tong Po, avenge his brother's death um, and get a bit of closure about yeah. the whole thing. It, there's also a romance with a police lady. I don't think that that's worth mentioning too much. No. Yeah. But just <laughs> in case there were people like, oh, that sounds really great, but where's the romance? <laughs> there, there, there's a sex scene. Yeah, there, and there's, there, there's, there's a sex scene, yeah. <laughs> a very, very quick one. Yeah. <laughs> she literally climbs on top of him and rolls off after two humps. That's what happens. <laughs> uh, Takes the top half off, but she doesn't take a bottom half off. Well, that's, that's part of the course in a movie mm. sex scene, isn't it? <laughs> Um, we all know how many cops are out there in their open crotch panties just ready to go once, <laughs> once they've finished their shift. <laughs> if only it wasn't for those restrictive tops. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, facts and figures, there's not many because this was made very much as a video on demand film. It did yeah. have a little cinema release, but there's not going to be any box office details. Okay. Um, Kickboxer Colon Vengeance from 2016, directed by John Stockwell. Is it a name you recognise? Is he Dean Stockwell's son? Uh, do you know what? I did not look that up. I don't think so. Oh, I don't think it, so. He was uh, in a lot of teenage roles in movies in the eighties. Christine. Uh, he was Cougar in Top Gun, one of the pilots. Oh right. Uh, and then around the noughties, he moved into directing. Right. And he directed teen movies like Blue Crush, Cheaters. Um, mm. That's another one I went to. Crazy Beautiful with Kirsten Dunst. Right. Uh, and then slowly but surely, that directing career, which has been steady has evolved into director video action. Okay. Or VOD action. Yeah. Sorry, starring wrestlers or people, yeah, the like. Yeah, yeah. very much this kind of film. Okay. Um, and he, he seems to have had a steady career the whole way through. And I know we're going to talk about the qualities and the negatives of the film in detail. I thought the direction was really solid in this. Mm, again, that first five or ten minutes had me a bit concerned. Mm. Um, I don't like films that focus in really closely on on people and then like flash to another you know it just felt like very kind of oh yeah but that's that's, a script, that's a script problem not the okay. problem I, I felt technically this was a perfectly competent film apart from when corners were cut that probably weren't the director's decision yeah yeah, yeah. um it stars dave drax batista elaine moussi gina carano george saint pierre and jcvd himself <laughs> And John claude Van Damme's little hat. Oh, it's in <laughs> uh, several hats. He's, he's got a few. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was released on July 14th, 2016. It was made for 17 million. It didn't make anywhere near that at the box office, less than a million. But the, where the money for these films are is very much in people buying it on DVD, people streaming it. I'm sure it had its own display cabinet in Walmart when it came out on DVD. Yeah. Um, it has an internet movie database score of 4.9. Not terrible but not good, and a letterboxed of 2.3, uh, which I'm going to put it out there. I think it's a little bit unfair. I can't see if you turned up to watch a kickboxer film that's um, 
the sixth entry and a, a video on demand release, mm. how you could expect much more than what this film delivered. Yeah, I think that is that that is the case with this. Um, certainly, you can kind of understand it more with the letterbox low scores, where it's a broad film, like it's a it's got broad yeah. appeal and people. It's been sold as a blockbuster, like, like yeah. a John Carter of Mars or um, a Suicide Squad. Yeah. They might not be right in the scoring, but you can understand lots of people watched it who maybe weren't attuned to what it was trying to do. Yeah, and and like you said, I don't see why anyone would watch this if this wasn't their kind of film, and if this is their kind of film, well, um, it seems to yeah, it seems to to, to be perfect. It's fine. exactly the same notes as a blood sport or a kickboxer, you know, apart from maybe certain corners. In some ways, it's it's superior. It's glossier. It's got a more um, diverse cast of people you recognise mm. uh, and in other ways you know yeah maybe the fight scenes aren't as convincing mm. as as the original ones which were pretty much done for real in uh, in the rings right it, yeah but not to the point where you suddenly start taking off like two or three stars away from the film no yeah it, it's a genuinely a strange one why this one's scored quite so lowly not in any way saying it's a great film mm-hmm. I just don't see how anyone who didn't want to watch this would watch it. Yeah, yeah. Let's have a little break and we'll discuss everything good and everything bad about Kickboxer Conan Vengeance. Let's please stop saying colon. Natalie, have you ever been to Thailand? No. Have you ever experienced colon vengeance? (laughs) Well, yeah, I suppose so. (laughs) Um, Thailand looks lovely. Yeah, yeah. Always does. does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And and, uh, you've got occasional kind of like, Drone shots. Sure, yeah, shots that felt like they were part of the like Thai tourist board. Lord, yeah, um, but you know, you got plenty of bits as well where it like the the end where they're sailing down the river and there's a bit where um, they're in the market and stuff like that. You feel you know this is this is nice. They cleaned it up, yeah. but still, it's yeah. nice to see another. But no one's visiting the sex districts, which you know kind of pretty much every movie can't take its eyes off. Or, yeah. Or, yeah. It showed a better side of Thailand. You get the beautiful buildings. Um, yeah. Though there were a couple of the times where they showed the kind of what I assume are temples did look a little bit like they put a filter over them. Yeah, I'm sure they did. Yeah, um, but still, mm. you know. Um, okay, so Kickbox Vengeance. Mm. What did you like? It, it's going to be a quite a broad like this yeah. rather than any kind of like nitty gritty things. Um, but generally speaking, it was a fun film um, that kept the wheel spinning all the way through um there wasn't too much fat on it and um it had two and you know i i always like a like, like the training montage sequence like we talked mm. about in these kind of films this one has two yeah uh in the middle maybe because they realized the film wasn't long enough so mm. they put in a second one but they're both good and, and fun and what you want out of one of those sequences they're, they're kind of uh goldilocks little bear training sequences in terms of they're exactly the right length. There's not too much of it. Uh-huh. Not too little. They're funny. They're yeah. grueling. They're quirky. Um, they reminded me quite a lot. I know they come from. They're they're inspired by films long before this of the Creed ones. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, Rocky trains Creed. Rocky, a legacy actor. Yeah. Trains a young guy, and some of the, some of the stuff he's doing is like really impressive feats of strength. Other things are silly, but you can see how practically that might help him during a fight. Yeah. in terms of endurance or stamina or uh, aim and uh, 
And the second one's onto a nice hip hop tune, probably yeah. not by a famous hip hop artist, but no, but it was perfectly fine, and it injected that bit of kind of like energy into the film just at the moment that it it needed it. That yeah. it was flagging a little bit of my interest, and then it was like boom, you know, um, another fun, another fun little sequence. Um, and sensibly in the second one, so the first training montage, there's a lot of him weight training yeah. and kind of like building up his strength, that kind of thing. Um, and it, but in the second one, they bring in um, a character we meet slightly earlier in the film, another warrior in yeah. Thailand, um, who we can spar against. Um, and there's also randomly because she's never given a name or anything, mm. but there's a, a female. A girl who's really good at double swords. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and those bits, um, mm. I particularly liked as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think the training montages are the highlight of the film. It's the one thing they get. Not just right, but better than you'd expect something of this ilk to do. Yeah. Um, um, and as daft as I found the final fight, because it does kind of like escalate in its ridiculousness in terms of bringing in weapons and, and glass. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, well, it's well done in terms of it's well paced. I suppose having the kind of like three rounds where each one gets slightly more dangerous in terms of what they're allowed to use mm. makes while silly it makes it more interesting um and then there's a bit with the swords that kind of sets up how it's actually going to end mm. um and i quite like that bit the very end the very yeah. the the winning blow yes should we say yeah i think it's a clever clever way of doing it i think you're asking a lot of audience to sit for a 20 minute fight sequence um which is what it was essentially mm. uh, but it never got boring or you never felt like it was treading water for the tables to turn. Mm -hmm. Each victory of each round felt like it was hard fought for, and you were you, know, you were invested enough to want to see the winner emerge. Did you want uh, Kurt or yeah. played by Alan Moussi to to win the fight at the end? Well, yeah, I think you know <laughs> thirty odd years of conditioning <laughs> when you watch films, you you know. You do. You end up wanting the hero to win, even if he is a bit of a plank. But um, yeah, he was. He was avenging his brother. This Tom Poe is a bit of a dick. I yeah. like. I like Dave Bautista. Yeah. But he. So he's this. So apparently, I think he was meant to be Thai. Yes. Yeah, but he's so Dave Bautista isn't. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was made um, it a bit weird when uh, the sort of uh, occasionally good kind of sidekick started cheering White Warrior, and you're thinking. Who does he be? Yeah. <laughs> um, so he is this Im very impressive warrior who's, who keeps winning all these underground fights. It does make you wonder why anyone fights him anymore. Mm. But he also runs a kind of school of his own. Yeah. Um, well, the lessons can be quite harsh. Well, yeah. You, he you can die. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, he, he just, he's, just, he's a very big man. Yeah. <laughs> very big strong man and so he just kills everyone mm. like, like cracks him like a walnut yeah but I, mean, I think it's quite a good villain turn from Dave Bautista he's um, he's, he's kind of like still waters run deep in terms of this whereas usually yeah. he's quite good at being funny in mm. his sort of James Bond and Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy appearances mm -hmm. we've seen him in in this he's more like um, a calm mysterious sinister presence that when he talks you feel like you're, he's imparting wisdom well, that's it. You know, you don't hear him speak until very close to the end. Yeah. He always sort of like whispers to his little psychic yeah. friend, um, which is, a, I think, is a good way of doing it. Yeah. It does have that kind of sense of mystery about him, mm. um, and and that does make him scarier yeah. as a, as a foe. I agree. 
Um, Again, like kind of, we're not talking about revolutionary stuff, but it does quite a lot right as it goes along. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, very easy for them to go right. Dave Batista's the most famous person in it who's going to be in it for um, a reasonable amount of filming days. Yeah. We should make him a flamboyant or um, give his character more to do than just be this big imposing presence. Mm-hmm. But it actually really works for him to go... I wouldn't want to get in the room with him at any point during the film. Mm. Even when, you know, towards the end he's losing, you think, well, this could easily go the other way. Yeah. <laughs> so, but did, who did you want to win? I, I mean, yeah, I wanted Kurt to win, but, like, only because that's that's how you're a kind of hurried, hurried down the hallway. <laughs> yeah, that's the direction you're going in. Um, yeah, I, I I thought one one of the strengths of the film, maybe you'll disagree, is... You've got three name um, action stars mm. in there. Um, Dave Bautista, Gina Carano and Jean-Claude Van Damme. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, they're people that most people who enjoy an action movie over the last 10 years will recognise. Mm. And for something of this level of cheapness, it's not 50 Cent, it's not Bruce Willis, it's not mm-hmm. uh, Mike Tyson for a day's film. Or they've got three people who, who, you know, if you're an action fan, you go, yeah, I like them, I'm invested yeah. in them. It's not... Not of the level of The Rock or The Staff or Arnie or Sly yeah. to go even higher. But, you know, there's there's three good reasons to sit down and watch this film and all of them get ample screen time, even though they're not the protagonist of the film. Yeah, yeah. Um, Everyone put at least a week in, is what I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What else did you like? What else did I like? Um, like I said, it's, it's, it's difficult to pinpoint anything in particular. Um... Because everything moved so quickly. But I, d- I did enjoy the bits with Gina Carano in them. Yeah. Um, because whilst, you know, she's not a great actress and she's not an actress by trade. Mm. Now she is. She's but she's an action movie star. Yeah, I, I think she's got charisma. I, I like yeah. her. Um, she's, got, she's got some of the charisma to an army or a, a young John Paul Van Damme. That she's never going to win an Oscar. No. And she shouldn't really be put into anything that isn't, doesn't involve kicking and punching. Yeah. Or shooting, in, in the case of Man Lauren. But she looks great. She mm. looks different from most glamorous female mm. movie stars. Um, and she's very convincing in a cool, um, physical way. When she talks, you listen. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the few scenes she's in when she walks into a room or she's just in a car giving orders to one of her minions. Because she runs the underground boxing, boxing yeah. in this. Um, you, do, you do sit up and take notice. You mm. do sort of like, you know, she's, she's got a commanding presence. Yeah. And that, that is a very, an impressive thing in there. Yes. Oh, and uh, what else has she got in this particular film? A glass of wine in hand. She's got a glass of wine in hand, but she's also got a, a wine man, boy. A man whose job seems yeah. to be just hold on to the wine whenever she doesn't need the wine in her hand. He's a perfect height as well. He's, like, he's, he's a little man, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pass your wine to one side when you don't want to hold it anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's you, you were asking where they get all this wine from when we were watching old ladies cheering on the death match. Yeah. And, you know, it's a legal underground fight. It's it's taking place in a, a caged warehouse, uh-huh. which doesn't have many facilities. They must have got some caterers in. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 called the Majestic and gone, we need an order for at least 52 bottles of wine and 200 wine glasses. Well, they do the free glass hire. Well, yeah, but you're not bringing all those glasses back, are well, you? Well, no, but I think that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're not even paying a deposit for the glasses. 
Just a little uh, word from our sponsor, Majestic, then. <laughs> Majestic Thailand. <laughs> um, anything else you liked? Anything else I liked? You've already mentioned Thailand. There's a nice lizard at the beginning. Yeah, I thought, is he getting involved in things? But he is just there for atmosphere, isn't he? You never he? see that lizard again. Yeah. That's a shame. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, and there's two little kids at one point. So yeah, they the get, cute yeah. little kids. Mm. That was quite nice to see. Um, I would I would probably say we do concentrate a little bit too much on people who are visiting Thailand than the locals. Yeah, there's, there's not well, a lot of there's not a lot of Thai people who get dialogue in the film. No, and we can kind of segue into what I didn't like. Now. What didn't you like about it? Let's go well, on it. The, the, one of the, speaking of people, not really focusing on on Thai people, the 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 main Thai character in it. Who is meant to be Thai? Yeah, is the is the policewoman, and it does seem like they've gone out of their way to find like the, the most Thai. Western looking, yeah, yeah whitest um, mm. Thai actress they could possibly find, which, you know, I don't think is really necessary. If anything, you know, I can understand why he didn't have a romance with Gina Carano because she's responsible for his brother's death. Yeah, he does seem to blame her out of everyone for this, even though his brother's an adult who did decide to go take part in an illegal death match in a third world country. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what, you know, he could have had a romance with a nice girl with a sword. Yeah, he could have. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, I really, I, I really didn't care for the, um, the police investigation aspect. And the corruption aspect as well. Yeah. 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 Um, I think what they were trying to do was maybe add like another dimension of, of danger and consequence to everything. Which doesn't work considering, you know, they have no issue with the fact that the main guy is essentially a murderer by the end of the piece. Yeah, the, so, you know. the cops are standing there in the room waiting to arrest everyone, no one, someone, and witness him kill Tonpo. Yeah. <laughs> on the <on a> swords. <laughs> yeah. Take it. Take his throat out if he's actually dead. I'm not sure he's dead. I think he'd come back for another one. I'm, I'm thinking his windpipe severed. Yeah, but, but he would even have one of those electronic things then for his few lines. I don't think that's how it works. Yes. If you don't have a windpipe anymore, you just die, don't you? Okay, well, maybe we'll have to check out the credits to the next kickboxer film and see who comes back. There's another one, is there? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> With Mike Tyson in it as well. Mike Tyson's in it? Yeah. Mike okay. Tyson's quite happy to turn up for those filming for a million pounds, whatever. Oh, uh, right, okay. Don't we have a problem with Mike Tyson? What do you mean? Isn't there a problem with Mike Tyson? What? Like what? <laughs> I don't know. Has he not been accused of something? Uh, Mike Tyson has often accused him <laughs> right, okay. throughout his career. Oh, even uh, before, like, The Hangover and stuff? Oh, even though. before The Hangover, yeah. Oh, right, yeah, okay. Yeah. Surprisingly, the kind of people who are going to pay to rent this and stream this uh-huh. <laughs> don't seem that bothered. No. Yeah, cancel him all you want. The people renting it aren't listening. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm guessing it's got a low letter box written now. <laughs> uh, what else? So we're talking about what we didn't like now. Yeah, what we didn't like. So kind of in the same vein as the whole not really using the tie thing well. They make the brave choice for a film like this of having subtitles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you didn't like the subtitles? No, I didn't. So they have... When the Thai police talk to each other, they speak in Thai. Which is a good thing. Which is a good thing, because otherwise it would be ridiculous. Yeah, but we've, we've watched that movie many a time where, for some reason, we're in another country, 
and <laughs> only characters from that country are somehow talking in English. Yeah. <laughs> but they do the John Wick thing mm. of having... Ver- like, the, the subtitles are massive. It's for people who've never watched a film with subtitles, I assume. Yeah. But it's, like, it's huge. Mm. They highlight in one particular colour the only word you really need to understand the gist yeah. of what they're saying. And they leave the words on screen for so long, it must mean that the Thai people are speaking so slowly that if you're Thai and watching this, they must all sound remedial. <laughs> <laughs> um, I quite like it. I quite like it, um, a more artistic subtitle. I think the first film to do it was the Russian vampire film Nightwatch. Do you remember that in the noughties? Yeah. And that was in Russian, but they did the subtitles that kind of disappeared on the oh, screen yeah. and flowed around. And since then, it's kind of been embraced by, like you say... The kind of audience who are smart enough to go, these characters shouldn't be speaking English in this scene, mm. but maybe not smart enough to just read a small little subtitle at the bottom screen. I quite like it. I agree with the John Wick thing. I, I think it's a nicer way of doing it now, but it's not just some afterthought to put the subtitles in. Do you know what's really terrible when you buy a DVD these days and there's not English fucking subtitles on it? What do you mean? And you buy a, a, a general release... £10 DVD of a film and no one's bothered to put any subtitles for the hard of hearing on it. Oh, for the hard... Like, yeah. in, or, or, in, an English language film with English. Or those of us who like to watch a film quietly <laughs> while our wife's asleep. Yeah, which is appreciated. <laughs> um, really, I hadn't noticed that. Yeah, it happens maybe one in ten and you go, what the fuck? That is, how could, how yeah. could you How could you do that these days? Yeah, that is mm. very frustrating. Um, you think it would just be a standard? I, I would assume it would be a standard thing too, yeah. Mm. Um, anyway, we can di- we can agree to disagree on that. I don't like the subtitles in this, and I really I don't like the way they do the subtitles in John Wick either. Okay, well um, we, we do we do disagree on that, but if you don't like it, you don't like it, and that's what the question was. Yeah. Hmm. What else didn't you like? I mean, people read subtitles, normal subtitles in Tarantino films, and yeah. then so if somebody's going to be watching this, they're going to be watching Kill Bill. They can they can read. Uh, we know people who moaned that there are too many subtitles in uh, things like Inglorious Bastards. Do we? Yeah. Well, like? <laughs> um, so just to just to explain why I thought this was going to be really fucking terrible from the first ten minutes, um, it's really shaky, and that calms down. Either mm. I got used to it, or they stopped shaking the camera about all over the place. Yeah. But also, the first five minutes, you've got this this actor whose name I don't know who plays Kurt. Alan Moosey. Right. Um, <laughs> Okay, he arrives at um, Tom Tom Poe's like compound, Um, and he makes friends with this guy who kind of robs from him. But there's this scene where they're washing clothes together, and they're both really bad actors, and it's really clunky dialogue, and it just sounds like gay porn. Oh, you think they're gonna fuck off? Yeah. Okay. I I, I mean. I don't think I've watched any gay porn, but I can see exactly how that that scene would be a setup for one of them to start blowing the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah fine. <laughs> I was waiting for one of them to say they'd never been with a man before. Quite like gay porn, though. Me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never watched this hour, I know, but you do. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, and the same with I, I enjoy lesbian porn. But, but I mean, yeah, but it's not the, it's not the dialogue in the preamble you care about, is it? Sometimes it is. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes you like to see what the context of this all is. It's not like in the in, in the cliched of the pizza man's come round or the, the <laughs> washing machine come round, but like sometimes it's nice to go, Oh, that's how these people relate. Yeah. Mm. But then I don't want to see these, these two burly men with their tops off flirting and then nothing happened. 
<laughs> Do you think there should be another edit of this film where Alan Russi blows George St. Peter or whatever his name is? Oh, is that they, who that was? They that would sound make like porn stars, don't they? Yes, they do. Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> um, they could have gone down a completely different road with it. It might have been his boyfriend rather than his brother who got killed and mm. that he was going out to yeah. avenge. And... And, and you're along lines, which yeah, I don't disagree with that if a lady's going to be nude in the film, then there should be a gentleman nude in the film as well. You I think it's a, only fair. You actually yeah. a bit of D, don't you? Yeah, you know, you don't get that very often at all in films. We saw one this week, though, didn't we? We saw William Peterson. William Peterson's uh, CSI I, Miami. glorious. <laughs> <laughs> in To Live and Die in LA, the sex scene starts and he's... he's Fully nude in seconds, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Just dangling over her. I know. <laughs> Superb. Mm. Anyway, um, yeah. So so that, you know, was a slight issue. I thought I was going to have... Um, I thought I was going to have an issue with the main guy. Um, but he kind of grew on me during the film. Like, you know... He, he, he was cho- he's chosen for his his fighting prowess and his yeah. body yes rather than his acting ability he's the, he's even though John Claude Van Damme never was the best actor in the world he is quite charismatic yeah he's kind of got a cheekiness about him outside of the fighting scenes yeah uh, and this guy doesn't have that yeah and you you do wonder why they can't find someone with a bit more charisma and why they do go for these guys like to sort of Pick on a bigger name that we've picked on before, but I don't care because I can't stand him. Jay Courtney. Well, he's a different kind of guy. He's a muscly guy who's an actor rather than a fighter or a stunt person. Yeah. Who's who's, who's trying to hand that acting because they can do the other parts of the role. True, but his his body sort of leads him into certain types Mm. of roles. And and I I don't think it's any excuse to say, well, you know, we've got this guy who who looks great with his top off and can throw a punch and, and run fast. Yeah. If there's no kind of spark or well there was i mean 10 years ago when these kind of direct-to-video fighting films underground fighting films started coming out Mm. like michael j white is a very funny charismatic guy you've seen him in dragged across concrete as the other robber all right yeah um he he, he used to make one of these a year Mm -hmm. fighting film blood and bones his one that's excellent it's like it's the it's the gold standard of these kind of cheap films yeah um, there's a guy called Scott Adkins who is in lots of uh, unaf- sequels to things like Undisputed 2 and Blood and Bone 2 and stuff mm. he's, he's quite charismatic The Rock's the most obvious person yeah. he, he kind of went the family entertainment route before he started doing action properly Yeah, if you see what I mean that he was smart enough to go and go I need to establish myself as something else I've already got the body Yes, yeah. but I mean, he is han- handsomely compensated for his um, <laughs> talent. Yeah, no, <laughs> you know? I, I know. Uh, yeah, he's, he's not in directing and stuff, but he could have easily gone the same way. Yeah. What I mean. And who knows in 20 years' time what kind of films The Rock will be starring in. You know, Dwayne Johnson will always be a name that has some kind of value, but that doesn't necessarily mean he'll still be opening a Jumanji or a Hobbs and Shaw in 15 or 20 years' time. We've seen, we've seen even Arnie couldn't really come back at the same box office level he was before he became a governor. No, but let's face it, he's still a draw to to a film. I think I think he's maybe made too much rubbish recently. Things like Iron Monkey and Killing Gunther that didn't even get cinema releases. I think Arnie's probably shat the bed. Oh, right, I've not With, seen either. Which, yeah, neither have I, and I love Arnie. Yeah. Well, he did, but he's done the one where he's, he's, his daughter dies. God, could you know? Oh, Aftermath. I can't remember. The it was name a drama called Aftermath. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but um, that, that, that didn't set the box office alight. 
Oh, I would still go and see a film about Adani. Okay, film. well, we'll watch Jackie Chan and Arnie and the Iron Monkey at some point. I buy it on Ooh. DVD, we might end up covering it on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh, anything else you didn't like? Um, well, not, not to kind of like, to labour the point, um, because I've already explained how it's not the type of fighting that I expected it to be, and it wasn't that kind of like technical uh sport fighting yeah. movie you know um which I, I you know i do I, I like that especially when it's done really well like in the fighter or raging bull or yeah. creed or something like that when you, you know and all three films take a different approach to how to make you involved in the boxing that happens on screen like yeah obviously uh raging bull's kind of baroque and artistic you mm-hmm. know it does it the fighter is really intimate and kind of handheld video, which is different from the rest of the film. When you're in the ring, mm. you're almost like a HBO cameraman who's maybe gone a little bit too far into the fight during it, which yeah. doesn't happen in the rest of the film. It's more traditionally kind of filmed on film. Yeah. And um, what was the last one you said? You said Creed. Creed. And Creed's like glossier and, you know, um, a more modern kind of well-lit style of filmmaking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is probably closest to this film again. Yeah. Hmm. I just, I, you know, I didn't feel that involved in the fighting, um, yeah. even when it was being done quite well. Hmm. Um, and I, I felt like sometimes it was too sped up and it seemed, well, I mean, it's all fake, obviously, but it's, it looked extra fake because of the speeding up of it. I'm thinking about the, the marketplace fight where they yeah. were fighting on top of elephants right tell, tell us because I, I knew you had big problems with this. i didn't notice they were fake elephants in half the shots <laughs> i was enjoying the stunt work ha- happening above the fake elephants yeah but... these were the most obvious paper mache elephants you've ever seen <laughs> four elephants block a, block the police car as it's driving along the road and then some other uh henchmen drive up behind the car and uh, alan Moussi as kurt and the copy wears tight clothing, mm-hmm. have a fight, which escalates on top of the elephants. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the shots of the elephants are real, but other shots, as Natalie pointed out, during the sequence <laughs> that I was quite enjoying, uh, they are fake elephants. And when you see it, you're quite right. They were obviously fake elephants in one-eighth of the screen. <laughs> <laughs> well, they ruined it for me. <laughs> they did ruin it. But they, then they kept cutting back to the live ones. You even get the end of the sequence as a shot of the elephant's bum. Yeah. Walking off. I'm never, I'm, I'm never going to not want to see elephants. Yeah, they're lovely elephants. Yeah, beautiful animals. But, um, you know, I'm glad they did use paper mache ones when they were actually fighting on top of them. Yeah, exactly. Well, they put sound effect in there, didn't they? Yeah. So, <laughs> same, same as, like, if, if the, the final fight fight sequence didn't last half an hour, they would have got away with me going, oh, they've only got four extras, really, in reality. It... If you hadn't pointed out the elephants, I might not have noticed because I was caught up in the fight. If Jean-Claude Van Damme, when he needed to do a fight move that was maybe a Mm. little bit beyond his abilities now, wasn't so far away in the distance quite so often, Mm -hmm. I would have noticed that the reason why he wears a hat quite so often is is because when it's a long shot, it might not be Jean-Claude Van Damme. Mm. And then they use him for non-fighting stuff as well because we assume Jean-Claude Van Damme was taking a little day off. Yeah. Yeah, which he's known to do. Yeah. Uh, but I think you can get away with that trick once or twice, but once you try and do it ten times, <laughs> you're going to... Eventually people are going to know. So once they know, 
you can't do it again. <laughs> and this this film unfortunately suffers a lot from it just tries to get away with something a couple of times too many when it mm. cuts a corner. Like I in the edit the first one, do you know what we've got away with it? It works. Let's mm. do it nine more times. <laughs> <laughs> Regular questions. Yep. Natalie. Who was the Michael Parks of the film when everyone else was collecting a paycheck who put in full effort and stole the show? I'm not, I'm not picking Gina Carano. I wouldn't pick her either. She's not my number one. No, she, well, she's and not. In... You know I am a massive Gina Carano Yeah, fan. I know. I think she's great. Yeah. Um, couldn't look more different from me. It's, it's brilliant. Well, that's fine. A little, <laughs> bit of, a little bit of variety changes, doesn't she? You know, yeah, she's a very different looking. You don't see many people in Hollywood who look like Gina Carano. We wouldn't agree with her politics, but she's very glamorous and hench. Yeah, no, That's I agree. Nice. Yeah. And we've been watching um, The, the Mandalorian, Mandalorian recently, and she's great in that. Always brilliant when she turns up. Yeah. yeah. Um, so no, do you know what? I don't like him, mm-hmm. but in terms of basically doing what I assume is his best, because he's just the same as I've seen him in everything else, um, that other thing I've seen him in, I'd say Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah, I mean, if you've bought a ticket for this to, to watch Jean-Claude Van Damme in a legacy role, yeah. he fulfills exactly what he needs to do. Stallone in the Creed films and even the later Rambo films maybe puts in a little bit more drama, mm-hmm. a little bit more of a performance in, but this is a good standard mentor role. Yeah. He's not my choice. No? Who's no? your choice then? I'm going to go for a gentleman called Sam Medina, who plays Crawford, who is... Tom Poe's hype man. Oh, I figured that's who it was going to yeah, be, yeah. but I'm surprised that his character is called Crawford. No, no, I never mentioned the film. He's, he's, the first time you notice him, even though he's in scenes before, is um, Alan Moosey as Kurt is captured. Mm. And for some reason, Crawford decides to limb the plot of The Godfather. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I think it's he's, like, he's taking vengeance, like yeah. Michael Collins. I understand. And it's supposed to be like a Tarantino mm. moment, but Tarantino will refer to... An obscure cult gem, mm. whereas this guy <laughs> is gone. Do you know, like the greatest film ever? <laughs> Just going to tell you about the plot of it for a few minutes. <laughs> he's quite young, yeah. But so when... maybe he's not seen the God. He might not have never heard of the Godfather. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then, like, kind of in the big, like, final half-hour fight, he is in between each round, hyping everyone mm-hmm. up, and he does a really, really great job of it as a hype man for both sides, mm-hmm. like. Um, it's a fully committed performance. It's fun. You enjoyed when he kept saying RuPaul's cat, catchphrase. Oh, can I get an amen <laughs> in it? Yeah. <laughs> That's no big... And again, every time they said Tom Poe in the first opening sequence, I kept thinking they were saying RuPaul anyway before that even <laughs> happened. So, like, I... be a very different film. <laughs> um, he had charisma, uniqueness, never done. <laughs> He'd been my number one. So who do you okay. want to give it to? Is it JCVD or... Um... Are we collaborating on yeah, this? Yeah, we can go. Oh, no, we can go for your guy, because he would have been my second choice anyway. Okay. And to give it to John Claude Van Damme just seemed a little bit like, you yeah. know... You should really still be the start of this. You should be top-billed rather than... Yeah. I'm going to be in half the film, and maybe one in five of those shots isn't going to be me, but someone wearing the same hat and gloss. Yeah. Me in distance. <laughs> um, but, he, you know, he, he's... I think he's quite a good presence in this. Um, and even if, he, if, even if he was there, just kind of for a few days and his heart wasn't fully in it it's not like when you see bruce willis and stuff now and like the arrogance and the resentment see like you can just yeah. see it in his face <laughs> um he's 
I've got a little confession to make. What? Bruce Willis has made a sci-fi cheap film, but he, he allegedly he's in the whole way through. I'd quite like to watch it. If you bought it? No, 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 but I, I think I might when it's cheap. It's called Breach, I think. Right. It's like an Aliens. All right. Just order it, watch it, just don't tell me about it. What if it's really lazy? <laughs> <laughs> what if? <laughs> well, we'll be watching Breach soon then. Um, was there any product placement? Who's kicking some cash <laughs> to have their wares on show? Well, the beer that they're always drinking, particularly in the final scene, I think is Singer beer. It's like I, a white I, label. I didn't notice it specifically, but, but I assume it probably is because of where we are. Yeah, but it's always... Whenever they're holding the bottles, it's always turned around, so it's well, the back of the label. Well, maybe that's because they never paid the cash. So oh, okay. the beer they had access to and they knew they needed to have beer bottles in for people to drink. Mm-hmm. Maybe even that's how people got paid to be an extra in the film. Well, just freezing yeah, a bit. But in the Venice Beach section near the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, I see a can of appear on screen very, oh. very quickly. Don't forget any money was kicked in. Well, same with, um, they're in a bar at one point in Thailand and there's um, a Heineken, a Heineken thing. But I mean, I can't remember the last time I saw a film that didn't have some kind of reference to Heineken. I think that might just possibly be what was in the bar. Yeah, that's, that's, I think so. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. You, Didn't see any other uh, well, product placement. Obviously Thailand's been advertised yeah <laughs> um would you buy yourself a lovely little um cheap bubble hat cheap hat to wear on your head like john claude van damme like john claude van damme yeah oh no because i'm not going bold <laughs> <laughs> pretty much every actor in that because of probably all the steroids and testosterone <laughs> is finning at some stage like none of them could survive a, a swimming pool i don't think <laughs> <laughs> we're about, about the hairline coming into question uh apart from gina carano obviously yeah <laughs> Uh, is there one change you'd make to improve Kickboxer Vengeance? Um, one thing did pop into mind as a kind of, you know, so I didn't like the police corruption um, storyline so much. Yeah. I think if they were wanting to just put another kind of um, a bit of tension in there and, a, and another plot line to make it a bit more interesting, I would have had um, maybe something to do more with the gambling side of things rather than the corruption of the gap, yeah. you know. Um, and maybe have, like, Jean-Claude Van Damme who's bet his house on uh, this kid winning. So there's yeah. a bit more kind of, like... Uh, investment. Investment in yeah. it, that's yeah. it. Thank you, that's the word. And a bit more of a payoff at the end. Um, yeah. Because no one's no one's betting on... Yeah. Um, what's his name? <laughs> it is very much the a film where it could have, the credits could have run the second he won. Yeah. But they do have him going off down the river with his new cop girlfriend... And someone who looks like Jean-Claude Van Damme at the distance waving the off. Well, that's if I would have had the real Jean-Claude Van Damme at that point counting his money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what would you change? Until midway through, I thought it was a film that lacked a sense of humour. Mm. Like, when they did make jokes, it was... Some, some of the legacy stuff's amusing, like the other guy doing the splits and the thumbs up, like yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme, but you, you have to be in on the joke for that. Mm. The... the, the the, the epilogue where we see Alan Moosey as Kurt uh, dancing mm-hmm. like John Claude Van Damme dances in the original Kickboxer and then they split screen show Alan and they show John Claude Van Damme doing his dance. Yeah. I think there could have just been a little bit more humour and self-awareness outside of the training montages and those two nice little moments. Yeah. Um, and possibly, possibly it was filmed, possibly it was written, the, the main female actress who plays the cop Mm-hmm. clearly has her own subplot where she's working at loggerheads with the man she's fallen in love with very quickly. Mm. Um, that possibly should have been developed a lot more 
And if it already was, it clearly has been cut out because she's not a very good actress. And, you know, yeah, it, it, was ta- it was distracting from the meat and potato stuff you really want from the film. Mm-hmm. It kind of makes you question why she was there in the first place, apart from some, a reason for someone to get their boobs out at some point. Yeah, I guess so. Which, like I said, I would have just dispensed with the whole thing. I, I probably would have taken it out as well. Mm-hmm. If, if, if she hasn't got the chops to make it work and you're cutting it down to the very bare bones... Yeah. Just get rid of all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, where would you put James Spader in Kitbox Avengers? What role could well, he play? What could he add to the film? I, do you know what? Can I go a bit rogue? Yeah, of course you can. Well, I was thinking maybe I'd put his friend in instead. Who's his friend? John Cusack, who yeah. I love almost as much. And loves his kickboxing. And loves kickboxing, so he could have been in it. He could maybe have been the older brother. Or dad or gay lover, whatever you want to go for. <laughs> okay, I understand what you're going for there. Your slight issue is... John Cusack's a very outspoken gentleman. We love him. Yeah. He's, he's definitely in the ballpark where he would do this film for the money. Uh-huh. But he might turn up on set, see what's going on with broken glass and swords and go, this is not what Don the Dragon Wilson would be up to. True. <laughs> and kick up a right old stink and hold up production. He wouldn't know about that <laughs> if you just did his bit separately. Which is just pure kickboxing. Just, okay. like, and he can actually kickbox, and he it can. would be nice to see some kickboxing in this. He, I mean, he could actually kickbox 25 years ago when he made Gross Point Blank, and 32 years ago when he made Say Anything. He might again be a little bit too old to actually do it. Now. I think he can still do it. Okay. Okay. Agree yeah. to disagree. <laughs> I, I, I think he'd do it. So buy, buy Jeremy Piven a seat on the plane as well. <laughs> stick him in the background. He's got hats. <laughs> <laughs> he could turn up as a hat salesman to, 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 to the drunk called Van Damme compound. <laughs> You're right. You are right. Thank you. Uh, would you remake Kickbox of Vengeance? Well, Already a this remake. This is a remake. <laughs> um, so no. But, you know, like there's nothing wrong with it. As, like Structure-wise and con- like content-wise, it's absolutely fine. What, what I would say is maybe I'd like to see a film called Kickboxer about kickboxing. Okay. Well, we could watch Kickboxer. We've got it there. But it's not about kickboxing, is it? There, I don't think there's, any, there's as much glass and blood and yeah, stuff in it. it's a bit there's, more yeah, yeah. artistic. Not as much. <laughs> okay. Uh, lovely stuff. So, final question. Yeah. Is Kickbox Avengers worse or better than your memories of Bad Boys? <laughs> My fading, very vague <laughs> memories of Bad Boys. Um, no, not, it's not that good. This is not a film that I would ever have chosen to watch myself. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't dire doesn't, you know, mean that I could say it's better than Bad Boys. Yeah, I, I, I would say if you've got the beers and pizzas in, you could have a perfectly good time watching... Uh, kickbox of vengeance but it's not as beer and pizza worthy as bad boys is right um, next episode would you like to know what film we're watching yeah we're watching Meridian starring Cheryl and Fenn oh. and directed by cheapo legend Charles Band a horror film yeah well I've been um, wanting to watch that for a while you yeah no, you, you, you <laughs> did you did bring it to me a couple of days ago can we watch this tonight so we're going to cover it in the podcast just a couple of weeks time so like you know maybe not <laughs> you bring it to you like a dog with a stick Put <laughs> <laughs> <threw> it back <laughs> so Meridian uh, Meridian so we will see you then hopefuls thank you very much for listening thank you for listening <laughs>